This is not just a sermon, neither is it just a teaching. You're about to hear a message from God that will empower and equip you and cause you to excel in life here on earth and in eternity in heaven. Get ready for a transformation by the Word of God through His daughter, Pastor Fumi Obilana. Welcome to church today. I think God wants to truly speak to us today. And um, I'm sure that something will happen in our lives in the name of Jesus. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is actually Psalm 29. Um, Psalm 29 and um, especially from verse 3 where it says that the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Sirion like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. Now, the voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. I didn't really appreciate what lightning was. Until, I think it was sometime last year. I don't remember where I was traveling from. I was in the air. And it was night. And there was a thunderstorm. I have never been more scared in my life. I mean, it was like electric sparks on the, on the right side of the plane. Because the plane, of course, was trying to you know, avoid. I'm like, if this thing touches anything, it will immediately be reduced to ashes. When you see lightning on the, on, 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 when you are here and you are seeing lightning, it's, you know, it's, it's frightening. But when you are seeing it next to you in the plane, I mean, it was, it was like balls of fire, like electric. I, I can't even describe it. It was, it was frightening. I'm like, wow, God is powerful. So when this scripture says that the voice of the Lord flashes forth, it was flames of fire in the sky. Flames of fire in the sky. And then it says, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to give birth. So when the voice of the Lord begins to sound in your life, things begin to be birthed. Things, be hopes begin to be birthed. Visions begin to be birthed. Greatness begins to be birthed. The counsel of God begins to be birthed. The voice of the Lord strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. Every forest, every growth that is not of God in your life will be stripped bare in the name of Jesus. It's the same scripture, scripture that says that anything my father has not planted will be uprooted. So we look at the voice of God. The voice you hear is what gives you instructions. Whatever you are hearing is what instructs you. And whatever you hear and you heed translates to what you obey. And whatever you hear, you heed, you obey translates into what you can have. It will translate into your possessions. Information is critical and paramount 
Choices and decisions are made based on available information. And that available information is critical. Things that affect the information you receive and the way you receive that information is where the information is coming from, how the information is coming to you, when the information is coming to you, from whom the information is coming. So all those things translate into what you hear. They are the things that instruct you. And whatever it is that you hear is what you obey or you decide to disregard. And it is whatever it is that you heed that will release to you whatever it is that you have. My husband and I were talking on the way to church this morning. We talked about, you know, one or two things. And then I said to him, I said, hmm, we've made some big mistakes in our lives. He said, yes. And the reason why <laughs> some of those mistakes were made was because of the kind of information that we had or did not have. Where the information was coming from. When the information was coming to us. Who was releasing that information to us? And that is why the word of God is critical. That is why this sermon will change your life today. Because some of the things, the decisions and the things that we did in life, if we had had the kind of information that we have now, if we had known the Lord like we know him now, if we had been in the house of God like we are in the house of God now, it would have been, our life story would totally be different. And I'm sure many of us can identify with that. So information is critical. And information is paramount because that information that you hear, that information that you heed, that information that you have, is that information that will control you. And whatever controls you is where you find yourself today. Wherever you find yourself today is because of the information that you have received somewhere along the line. So when the Lord planted this sermon in my heart, I was actually, the word just came, he said, mark how you hear. How you hear. Mark 4 that we read says, take heed, be careful, watch how you hear, how you listen, heed. So my question to you this morning, number one question. Who or what is speaking into your life right now? Who or what is speaking into your life right now? Information comes from hearing. It comes from hearing either by what you hear, what you see, or what you experience. And it is then translated by perception into understandable language for you. Who is speaking into your life? What is speaking into your life? Today, I want you to become like God in the way you think, in the way you process, 
in the way you perceive, in the way you receive information. Because when you become like God in how you hear, how you receive, how you process, how you think, eventually you will become like God. And when you become like him, you will no longer fear. You will no longer feel those, you will no longer have low self-esteem. You will no longer think you are irrelevant or think you are not important. You will no longer think you are inconsequential. When you hear the voice of God, when you heed the voice of God, when you have the things that are released to you by the voice of God, when the voice of God controls you, you will be filled with an unwavering sense of purpose for your life. You will be filled with a sense of purpose. You will be filled with a sense of importance and relevance in God's kingdom. You are part of God's government. I told you, if you've been in this church for a while, I told, I've told, I told you many times that when I was still working, I walked into any place I, I walk in with a sense of, I'm the daughter of the Most High God. I walk into my office with a sense of, with a sense of importance, with a sense of relevance, with a sense, I, I, I walk in believing that because I am here, this place is blessed. Anywhere I walk. So if, if I walk into a place and I'm thinking in my heart that this organization is blessed because I walk in this organization, that does something for your confidence, doesn't it? And if anybody there does not treat me right, I'm like, well, I'm sorry for you. I'm not sorry for me because you don't know what you are just missing. That will take care of self-esteem issues. It's not about your accent. It's not about your color. It's not about your gender. It's not about what you look like. It's about who you are. What you hear. If the voice of God is sounding in your heart, sounding in your life, it will give you a sense of confidence. To become like God in the way you think, in the way you process, in the way you perceive, in the way you receive. And eventually fear of people and fear of things will be taken out of your life. Pay attention therefore to how you listen. Take heed, therefore, to how you hear. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. So pay attention to what you hear. All those are various translations of that scripture in Mark chapter 4. It is vital for you to give volume and visibility to God's word. You must give Volume and visibility to God's words. Our lives should project who we are and our words should amplify the values we believe in. In our workplaces, we must be able to hear and know what God is doing. When we give volume and visibility to God in our workplaces, People are watching us. 
and God is honored. When you give God volume and visibility where you are working, people around you will notice. I was talking to a friend of mine um, during the week. She's a pediatric consultant um, in the UK. And she said to me, she said, you know what? All around me um, uh, in my workplace, I have people who, um, who they are not believers. So their lifestyle is you know, just totally different. She said, however, whenever there is a problem, guess who they come to? Whenever there's something that they cannot solve, guess who they come to? Because believe it or not, when you give God volume and visibility in your place of work, divine solutions will be downloaded into you. Divine wisdom will be downloaded into you. At critical moments when an answer needs to be given, you will have that answer. There is no easier way to promotion than to give God volume and visibility in your place of work. If you are at work and you, you want to move up, you want to be promoted, you want to do well in your place of work, give God volume and visibility. I didn't say carry your Bible in your head and be walking around and say, hey, look at me, I'm a Christian. No. You do that. Your life should project who you are as a Christian. Just by, the Bible says that we are living episodes. Just by looking at your life, people should know what you believe in. And you should amplify the values that you believe in. Be bold to Amplify your values at work. Give your values volume. Our major problem today is our consuming, to our consuming desire to succeed for success' sake. We want to succeed. We want to be regarded as successful. Why do you want to be successful? For most people, it's just the, the need to be successful. That is all. God has a problem with that. When you just want to be successful for success sake. Our success must be good success. For the ultimate purpose of advancing God, not ourselves. A reckless abandonment to God's purpose will make you an undefeatable reigning champion for lifting wherever you are. Wherever you are. When it is about God's kingdom, you will always be lifted up. When we want to be successful for success sake, then... We will do anything, and then we become like them. Do you know what? You shouldn't be like them. They should become like you. You are not the one who should become like them. They are the ones who should become like you. Daniel 3, 28 to 29. There were three Hebrew boys. And um, the king raised up an image and said everybody should worship this image. But you know that is against what we believe as believers. The only person we worship is the one true God, Jehovah. It's like today when they say, oh, all of us have the same God. No, 
So they said to these three Hebrews, to all the people in Babylon, bow down before this image the king created. These three boys said, we will not do any such thing. They said, if you don't do it, we'll throw you into the lake of fire. So they threw them in the lake of fire. You know the story. Daniel 3, 28 to 29. They threw them into that lake of fire. The children said, you know what? Our God is able to deliver us. If you throw us inside fire, he's able to. And even if he does not, we are ready to burn and die in fire. But we will not bow before any other God except the one true God. So they threw them into fire. They amplified their values. Their lives projected who they were. They will not bow before any other God for promotion. They will not bow before any other God for, uh, for success. They will not bow before any other God for riches. It didn't matter. They were ready to lose their life. And guess what happened? When they threw them inside that fire, the Lord Jesus joined them in there. The king looked into the fire and said, three people were thrown into this fire. I see four people. And the fourth person, even though he did not know who Jesus was, said, the fourth person looks like the son of God, a heathen king. When you amplify your values and you, and you, and you live for what you believe, God will come alongside of you. And you know what happened? The king said, Therefore, I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, of Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their house will be turned into heaps of rubble. Let somebody shout glory. glory. I remember in those days when Hakim Olajuwon was playing basketball. And you know how foreign names are murdered. If your name is not, say, John or Joy or, you know, or, you know, those kind of names, if you have a name that is from somewhere. And he started, is it Hakim? That's all guy. Hakim Olajuwon. So we will be waiting for them to mention his name. Do you know they will pronounce his name? Right. They will pronounce his name right. Why? Because he mattered. He was bringing in the money. So they respected him. Now, if he had said, hey, every Sunday I go to church, uh, do you think they will say, don't, don't mind him? There will be some people who will go to church with him. So it's not about, it's not about you. It's about what you are able to deliver. And when you deliver, you matter. The voice of God brings to birth. And I pray for you today that the greatness that is in you, the voice of God will bring it to birth. That you will deliver and you will matter. The voice of the Lord. We must be obsessed and obdurate about his word and him. You must be obsessed with the word of God. Because the word of God is where life is. The word of God is where success is. The word of God is where power is. The word of God is where wealth is. You have to be obsessed with the word of God. The word of God is where healing is. And you have to be stubborn, obdurate about his word and about him. But when I say that you have to be stubborn and you have to be obsessed, I'm not saying that you walk about proud. 
There must be a humble, gentle, total preoccupation with the word of God and with his person. There must be a humble, unshakable faith in God's righteousness, his goodness. And we must be stubborn in our stand for him. I'm talking about good stubborn. I'm not talking about bad stubborn. You know the kind of stubborn where somebody, everybody knows that you are not making sense. You, and you say, no, 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 this is exactly how I'm going to do it. And you, the only person who is speaking to you is you. You, you, are, you speak, it's not that God gave you, you are the one speaking, and you are saying, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that kind of stubborn. I'm talking about good stubborn. Unshakable faith in God's word and the Holy Spirit direction. First Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And then you must be in tune with his spirits. Learning his language, familiarity with the sound of his voice. You must be familiar with the sound of the voice of God. And to become, some people will ask me, how do I become familiar with the sound of God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? The way you get in tune with his spirit, the way you learn his language. And notice I use the word learn his language and familiarity with the sound of his voice. It's a learning experience. It's not a miracle. You don't get in tune with the Holy Spirit. You don't get familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit by a miracle. It's not something that happens like that. It's a process. It's a process. It takes time. It takes your learning. It takes your studying the word. It takes your listening to him. Sometimes you will make a mistake. Sometimes you will be the one who is speaking to yourself and you will think God is speaking to you. Sometimes it will be the devil speaking to you and you will think you are the one speaking to yourself. But with, with, with patience and with learning, you get to a place where you can discern the voice of God. Many of us want to know the voice of God overnight. No, it does not happen. When you have, if you have a child, um, a, a, a child today, will that child crawl tomorrow? Will he walk, uh, will he uh, stand up in two months? Will he walk in four months? And if you see such a child, what will you do? You'll take off running. <laughs> You'll take off, uh, they used to call those kind of children, there's a folklore, an African folklore that they used to, we learned in those days. They called that child a jantala. You need to go and um, read the African, some African folklore. Now, so it is a learning experience. It's not something that somebody lays hands on you and you receive. It's not something that you pray about and you get it instantaneously. No, it is. A, and these are some of the disciplines we are missing in Christianity today. We think that somebody can just download it into us. No, it's a learning experience. I did not start knowing how to be able to hear God clearly. So when I, I said to you, God said to me this, God, it wasn't like this 10 years ago. It wasn't like this 20 years ago. It wasn't like this 30 years ago when I first gave my life to Jesus. And the way I hear him now is not the way I was hearing him five years ago. It's not even the way I was hearing him last year. It's a continual process. Every day as I bury myself in his word, as I listen to him more, as I learn more, I'm learning his voice clearer and clearer and clearer. In tune with him, in tune with his spirit, learning his language and familiarity with the sound of his voice. Ten years ago, no, nine years ago, I bought, um, what do you call it, Rosetta Stone. I wanted to learn how to speak Spanish. So I started well. 
Within a month, two months, you know, because everywhere I was going, I, I had my Rosetta Stone on. I was listening. I was beginning to pick a few words of Spanish. I was beginning to say it a little. Then after a while, I would not touch it for maybe a month. I would not touch it for maybe two months. And now I would not touch it for maybe a year. Now, you know, and then I did not touch it for five years. If I had continued on that tangent, I would be fluent in Spanish by now, within a year. But it has taken me 10 years. And today, even the one I learned, I have forgotten. It's the same thing with the voice of God. It is the same thing with the voice of God. Unless you are with him, in tune with him, you will not be able to get him when he's speaking to you. We must be in tune with him. Because when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know his voice. You don't know his voice unless you are listening to him, reading the word, speaking the word, listening to the word, meditating on the word. Unless you do that, you will not know his voice. That's why many of us keep making mistakes over and over again because we do not know the voice of the Lord. And then we must be commit. There must be commitment. Commitment is... We have to be committed. Commitment, I mean... A relationship without commitment is a sham. If we have a relationship, if we say we are God's own, if you have, if you say you are God's own, are you committed? Any relationship that does not carry commitment is a sham. Somebody said, the mother of his uh, children suddenly said, you know, I'm tired of this, I'm going away. I said, why? I said, were you ever married? He said, no. I said, why weren't you married? He said, for first, we, when the babies came, we lived together for a little while. Initially, I said we were going to marry. Then after we started living together, I just felt that, you know what, uh, maybe marriage wasn't necessary after all. So they continued the relationship for maybe like maybe eight, nine years into the relationship. And the relationship has evaporated because there was no commitment. Any relationship without commitment is a sham. Any relationship, if somebody likes you that much, they can marry you. If they like you enough to sleep with you, why don't they like you enough to marry you? If you are good enough to be slept with, why are you not good enough to become for, for a, commit, a lifetime commitment to be made to you? So, a relationship... <laughs> Without commitment is a sham. You are in the church. You are not committed to the church. And you say that is my church. It's a lie. It's not your church. It's your church. You don't give offering. You don't pay tithe. You say it's my church. There's no relationship. It's a sham. You don't walk. You don't serve. You walk in. You walk out. You say I'm a member of Living Spring. No, you are not a member of Living Spring. You are a number in Living Spring. When the ushers count you on Sunday, you are part of the number. You are not a member. Your place of work, you are not committed there. You do what you like. You are not loyal to them. You say that's my employer. No, they are not your employer. They are the people you collect your paycheck from. Because you don't owe them any sense of loyalty. That relationship is a sham. It's not going to work. Relationship without commitment is a sham. 
I'm, a citizen. I'm, a, I'm an American citizen. Because you carry an American passport, or I'm, I'm a British citizen because I carry a British passport, or I'm a Nigerian citizen because I carry a Nigerian, or whatever passport you carry, you have no sense of, you, you have no sense of loyalty to that nation. You don't, you know, you just pick your, and you, you, like many people, they will just carry their bag and whatever and disappear to one of the islands because it's a, a tax haven there and they say they're Americans. No! You are not. A relationship without commitment is a sham. If you are an American, you will stay here, you will pay your taxes. You won't find a way of carrying everything and running away. And then saying, oh, if you don't get anything out of today's sermon, get this one thing. If you say you have a relationship and there's no commitment, you say that you have a relationship with God and there's no commitment, what are you doing for him? It's a sham. It is a sham. It's not a relationship. We must be engaged and energized by his word. We are talking about the voice of God. The voice that shatters the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord is mighty upon the waters. The voice of the Lord that makes dreams, visions, greatness come to birth. You must be engaged and energized by the word and its truth. The word we hear has the power to energize us or weaken us. What word are you hearing? Who is speaking into your life? What is speaking into your life? The word of God is like caffeine. It's only better. It is like wine. It is like alcohol. It is like drugs in its power to embolden, to exhilarate, to excite. But it is better because it is wholesome. It is healthy. It is sane. Alcohol picks up. Nicotine, exotic sex, toys, all those things, they make you feel good. However, there's nothing that makes you feel better than the word of God. On the day of Pentecost, they thought the disciples were drunk. That is how intoxicating the word of God is. David heard the music of God. David started to dance and rejoice before God. His wife looked at him and said, what do you think you are doing? Do you think you are in your, um, you, you think you are in a, what do you people go to? You think you are clubbing tonight? Look at a king dancing like he's in the club. That's what the voice of God, the voice of God is exciting. It accelerates. You will dance, you, people will think that you are in a clubhouse. The voice of God, it is energizing. It makes you feel good. It is intoxicating. How do you hear the word of the, hear God? I already talked about that because sometimes we give you this and you say, so how, what do I do? I want to hear his voice. How to hear the voice of God? What do we do? Shut down other voices. Shut down other voices. All the things making noise around you, shut them down. If, if, you are, if, if you are watching TV and somebody calls you and it's somebody you really want to talk to, what do you do? You turn down the volume of the TV so you can hear what the other person is saying. So if you want to hear God, shut down outside noises. Shut them down. Make a conscious, intentional effort to silence any voice that is contrary to the voice of faith. John 10, 5 says, A stranger they will not follow, they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. For many of us, we are more familiar with the voice of strangers than with the voice of God. 
Shut them down. Separate, number two is you separate from them. Settle with God. Steer on God's sanctifying word. Don't assemble or stay in places where faith is not celebrated. Regularly withdraw from noise, purposeless chatter, value quiet reflection. Read, listen to, and study the Bible, and truth will be revealed to you. And you will be cleansed as you read the Bible, as you study. It will cleanse you and make you holy. Take a portion of scripture. Write it out. Think about it. Meditate over it. For a day. Every day. Take Even if it is one word in scripture. Ponder on it for the, the whole of that day. Anything that comes to your mind, write it down. That is how to separate yourself and settle into the word of God. Look into God's sanctifying word. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And number three, take the word. Believe it. Use it. Depend on it. Take it. Believe it. Use it. Depend on it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is of good report, if there is anything, think about these things. Settle your mind on the word of God. Live it. Let his voice become your oxygen. In him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, let's the word of God be that which you live in and move in and in which you have your being. The voice of God thunders over the voice of, over the waters. Let's rise up on our feet. The word is already working in you. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more messages and information about the church, please visit us at www.rccglivingspring.org.